This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to our new Green Kitchen series. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each week I'll be catching up with the Olive Cookery team to explore how we can be a bit kinder in the kitchen, from creating reduced waste recipes to choosing more sustainable meat, fish and veg, and solutions for using less plastic and packaging, as well as loads of practical cooking tips and advice to help you on your journey. I'm here today with Olive's food editor, Anna Glover. Hi, Anna. Hello. Um, thanks for coming to chat to us today. Um, today, we're going to talk about using our kitchen in a more sustainable way, including using low energy cooking methods, how to use your freezer more efficiently, and ideas for batch cooking and meal prep, all of which you're massively qualified to chat about because it's part of your practice anyway, isn't it? It's a bit of a hobby of mine, yeah. <laughs> I do like making things as efficient as possible. Um and definitely, like, my kitchen is a tight running shit when it comes to efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here to talk us through it. Let's talk first about um, low energy cooking, because I know when, when we were chatting about this previously, you mentioned multi-cookers. Like, I, I've i never used a multi-cooker. Can you kind of describe what they do? Sure. So I've got a really, really small kitchen, which means that a gadget really needs to, like, hold its place in the kitchen. You know, it needs to be worthy of its space on the side. Yeah. And so a multi, multi-cooker or, like, a multi um, um, sort of like it's got multi-functions basically okay. so it can be a pressure cooker it can be a slow cooker a rice cooker some of them even um air fry now as well so oh. it's basically like loads it's like a combination of loads of different um options to, to use it which means that you actually get to use it a lot more right so you know the more options the be- the better it is um, it's really good if you want to slow cook mm. and also if you're short time pressure cook as well so you can make the same dish in different ways 
That sounds amazing. And how what what sort of energy do they use? So it's less than a oven. Yeah. Um, especially if you use it uh, overnight as well. Um, if you're on a tariff. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I often make porridge in mine for the morning. Yeah. Uh, so just put it in uh, just before I go to bed, and then it's you got really lovely, delicious, creamy uh, porridge in amazing. the morning. And talking about slow cookers, because I I actually I do have a slow cooker. It's the one bit of equipment I've been allowed to keep because I've got um you know I've got my husband basically. It's a kind of one in, one out scenario. <laughs> Had a bread maker for a while. I, I was big into that for a few months and then it just went to the back of the cupboard. And he was like, we we, we actually gave it away to someone who was really happy about it. But yeah, the slow cookers remained. Um, and I know that they're particularly efficient, aren't they? they I think they use like the, the energy of a light bulb, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah, they're just such a low and slow. It's really, it's really good for... Um, like especially like electric ovens and things, you know, they obviously uh, the longer you've got them on for the the more it's going to use, whereas a slow cooker uses the same amount. But you do have to be a little bit careful with slow cookers, don't you? Like there's things you have to know if you're if you're cooking with them. Yeah, there, there is. It's sort of a knack. There's a, there's a slight knack to slow cooking. Mm. So um, things like searing before you add things add such a depth of flavor, right. which you wouldn't you wouldn't normally get if you know if you just bunged everything in uh, which is really important for like meat stews I often well if you're like if you have a multi cooker it's usually like a sear or a saute right. function so I just bung the meat in and fry it off in the in the sort of um in the cooker yeah. but if you didn't if you just had a slow cooker if you just sear it very briefly and mm. you get all of that sort of flavor locked in right from the beginning and also it's about like reducing the amount of liquid in the in the um in the stew or in the in the slow cooker because there's less evaporation as yeah. well because it's got the lid on for the whole time yeah. um so that's sort of uh, quite important otherwise it takes ages to reduce you know after after the eight hours you think like gosh this is really really soupy still <laughs> so yeah reducing the liquid uh use as no, enough liquid in the slow cooker to just cover to everything just cover, yeah. yeah so i'd even just go by eye like just go for because you'll actually end up with probably more as soon as everything melts mm. so you know you get more of the like liquids coming out you'll probably end up with more liquids but you obviously don't want anything drying out so just cover the cover what's in there and we know slow cookers are, are still massively popular and probably multi-cookers now as well because whenever we do um, a feature in the mag and then it goes online, it just gets so many hits. So people are searching for those ideas. Tell us some interesting things you can do in a slow cooker, not just stews. I've done uh, bread in the slow wow. cooker. Um, it doesn't look very nice, but it tastes delicious. Because really? you, you don't get the proper crust, obviously, that yeah. you get in the oven. But actually, it's really soft. Great for like milk breads oh, and things nice. like that. It's very soft and fluffy. Yeah. Um, and you can do that on like high for, for three or four hours. And yeah. you get like a really good, a decent loaf out of it that you don't have to worry about as well. You yeah, know, so you, you just, just kind of leave it. And yeah. obviously, because they often... Um, there's a function where it just turns itself off after the time, yeah. isn't it? So you don't have to be, you can you can go out, leave your bread and come back yeah. to it. Yeah. What else? You mentioned porridge. That's quite a nice one as well, isn't it? Yeah, I really like making porridge in for the morning. It's sort of like someone else has made your breakfast yeah. for you. It sort of takes any hassle out in the morning and, and uh, that's a good one for overnight. And um, I really like using it sort of like a bain-marie. So if you fill it with water and then put like a heat proof bowl in it, so you could do like steamed puddings and or like oh. Christmas puddings and uh, like sticky toffee pudding that's a great that's shout for the christmas pudding because yeah. often they just need like reheating don't they if you if you've bought one i mean yeah. you'd probably make your own but but yeah that's a really nice and and i read as well i love this idea 
because anything booze related, but mulled wine is yes. great because it keeps it at a nice little temp and doesn't burn off all the booze. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like a low and slow, like it just it just sort of like gradually warms it up. And I love actually putting the slow cooker in the in like the sitting room and letting people. So it's a bit like a cauldron. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it's not on the hob. You know, you can yeah. get on with things in the kitchen and just leave them with a vat of, of uh, mulled Basically, wine. Just le- leave a ladle, leave lots of yeah. glasses, and let everyone get on with it. That's a great show for the winter months coming up and if you do put the oven on um you've got some tips for for like making the most of it haven't you yeah so often if I've put so there's only two of us in 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 my house and uh I often feel like if I put the oven on I want to make the most of it Mm. so um if I'm doing just like a tray bake or something for two I'll often put something in underneath it just if so we get a veg box and um there's obviously quite a lot of veg that maybe haven't really got a plan for because you don't know what's going to come and so I often roast things underneath what I'm cooking that night and maybe like I like finely chopped celeriac and just put it in like maybe a gochujang uh, glaze and put that underneath what am I going to have that that night yeah and have that for like noodle bowls or lunch boxes or something like that the day after so you're sort of like using you're doubling up on your oven yeah but you can do things like um slow roasting tomatoes as well you know even if your oven's just still sort of like uh, that warm you know when you just turned it off and you can just sort of slow roast things or when it's at that temperature it's great for like making kale crisps so it doesn't burn it doesn't go you know when they get slightly bitter when it's Mm. at high temperature you get a really lovely kale crisp if you just put them on for like the last five or ten minutes of you cooking your dinner and then leave the oven off and it'll just sort of like all the water will evaporate in that sort of low temperature and roasting garlic as well I always just shove a hole because it doesn't take up much space yeah just wrap it in um foil with some salt and pepper and a bit of olive oil and just shove it in the back of the oven for however long you know the oven's on um like half an hour to up to an hour depending on the temperature And then that's great for adding to soups or even like mashing onto bread or that sort of thing. So I kind of try and use the oven for for, for more than one yeah. for, for more than one meal at you know at a time. If you're going to turn it on, yeah, yeah, just forward thinking about lunch the next day. I was going to say my um my brother-in-law's got some great. It's kind of like lots of small oven trays that you can buy that fit in a kind of jigsaw pattern in the oven as well which I think is a great idea because you know sometimes you're looking for just a little thing to to roast you have to drag out your massive roasting tins I think that's quite a nice a nice thing to get absolutely brilliant yeah Yeah. I've got those little enamel ones and they're they all sort of like um what's the it's not Jenga Jenga. what's Um, the you know um Tetris yeah Tetris in the oven where you've got different sizes you sort of like sandwich them in and I've got like sort of sprouts next to like like a chicken pie or something so you've got like a really nice um like different things yeah is is uh, you're right when there's two of you as well and you just want to make a small amount of each thing it's really good having those so again a great sort of time saving and space saving thing um I know as well that you're a big fan of using your freezer in a responsible sustainable way um what sort of things can you share that people can can do with their freezer so I really I love getting ahead it's sort of like my Sunday ritual is like making a big batch of something to put in the freezer or like using up veg and things like that that maybe are looking a little bit sad you know you want to you want to make the most of them Mm. Um, but there's nothing worse than opening your freezer and seeing the exact same thing repeated 10 times in boxes. And you think, oh, I really, really don't <laughs> want to eat that again. So I really like doing a base of something.
something okay. like a base of a curry or that you can add different vegetables or different mm. meats to like even a Thai like a Thai paste you could um, make a big batch of and then you could turn that into soup or even like um, smother it onto fish and roast it so it's making like the base of something that you've got on hand rather than making the finished dish. Yeah, that's a great idea. So then you've got this, you're sort of three quarters of the way down the cooking and you're just adding and finishing off. Yeah, it means that you can sort of, you also think, what do I fancy for dinner? I can adapt this to, 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 you know, what I fancy. Um, And it's really good for also prep as well. So if you grow your own sort of veg... Or if you um, if you're a big fan of beans like I am, yeah. then I really like like uh, blanching um, blanching green beans and just keeping those in the freezer. Okay. You know, like with your frozen peas. But mm. you know, if you if you've got a big uh, bag of them that come with the with your uh, veg box, and you you know you're not going to get through them in the exactly. next couple of days, just prep them and blanch them, freeze them, and then there's just you have to steam them in two minutes. Yeah. All all of the like the legwork's already done for you, so it's great for midweek. And I also make a big batch of beans, like white beans, cannellini beans, that sort of thing. And then freeze them or cooked. So maybe just in a little bit of the broth that you've cooked the beans in, which means that you've done that three or four hour process of like soaking Soaking and and boiling, like slow in the slow cooker, you know, like for for 10 hours or something. Um, I often put them in the slow cooker with with lots of like olive oil and rosemary and garlic and things. And then, um, yeah, just put a bit of the stock over and then freeze them so they're perfect to use for like other dishes mm, that you want to use that's, that's such a brilliant idea as well because you know often we use we use tin beans um but you co- I, there are some great brands out there i can't think of any off the top of my head but it's sometimes it is a bit of a like russian roulette about whether you're going to get a really mushy bean or whether yeah. you're going to get the perfect bean and if you're making a stew with it you can almost like stop the beans at a certain point you know so yeah. they're not really really cooked so then your extra like half hours cooking just finishes them off with whatever flavorings yeah I absolutely love that idea I'm a big fan of using the freezer as that little stopgap as well because things like again there's only two of us so I often make um if I'm making like a Thai curry or something and I've got a tin of coconut milk and I only want half of it just tip it in a, a little tub and freeze the rest of it and yeah. then you can just throw that straight into like the next sauce you're doing or even like tin tomatoes like often for two people like a tin of tomatoes is two and I know tin tomatoes are cheap but like I hate not using it so yeah. if it goes in the fridge and it doesn't get used and then I find it two weeks later with a bit of green on it <laughs> and it just goes in the bin I much prefer to just again tip that in and freeze it and then the next time I'm making a big batch of sauce I can just add it to it so I think it's it's just that really nice little you know store cupboard for keeping all of those things that might otherwise go to waste definitely I really like with that sort of half a tin of coconut milk or um or like the chopped tomatoes I always sort of try and make small batches of soup especially if you've got like little leftovers of veg or like scraps or something Mm -hmm. that you definitely want to use up um if you make like one or two portions of soup just on the back of the hob you know just simmer everything together when you're cooking your dinner and blitz it I always freeze little portions of that and then take them to work frozen so by the time it comes to lunchtime it's sort of thawed um and then that's you know it's a great lunch you can just blast it in the microwave then that's really good and it doesn't leak in your bag (laughs) (laughs) stick around for more tips tricks and advice from Anna (laughs) 
tell me about the, your scrap boxes as well, because that's a great idea for a freezer. Yeah, this is this is the same sort of thing because we're quite a small household, and so the amount of sort of veg scraps and mm. and sort of chicken bones are sort of not hard to come by but there's not a lot not of them lot, at, at yeah. the same time and so I have this big Ziploc bag that I keep in the freezer and every time we've got chicken bones or onion peel celery um bases that sort of thing I just whack them in there mm. and then as soon as it's full I'll make a really big uh, batch of stock yeah so it's sort of instead of doing smaller batches it's really good just to store them up and wait until you've got the time as well because obviously on a Monday after if you've had a roast chicken at the weekend it's yeah. not necessarily the time that you want to be making stock so I just put the all the chicken bones in the freezer yeah. until I've got enough to make a big big batch of stock. Yeah you're right it is that thing of just having the oh I can I'll, I can deal with this later and it yeah. won't go off I love that because like exactly as you said like you just you're, you're faced with the carcass of the, the chicken and you just think oh can't be bothered with yeah. this so like being able to just chuck it somewhere and know that you can come back to it later yeah it's great as well and it's so therapeutic to make stock as well I really enjoy that sort of like you know throwing everything in a multi-cooker or, or or just simmering it on the hob it's it's sort of very therapeutic and I mm. like the process but you have to have the time to be able to yeah. sit there and like <laughs> yeah. you know stand over it or like you, you know have have the hours to be able to put into it yeah and so I definitely like giving myself the opportunity to you know allowing yourself that time mm. in the future and it's not it's not gone to waste yeah talk to us about freezer dump bags as well oh <laughs> <laughs> I love that name <laughs> these are like this is when I'm feeling lazy lazy in terms of prep yeah so I don't particularly want to make the whole dish but I've got some space in my freezer which is a, which is a rare occasion yeah um, and I, and, or I've got some sort of, I've made a bolognese and I've got maybe two or three carrots and a half a head of celery left. I'll actually make the beginnings of a dish. Right. So I'll put all of the ingredients together in the dish, um, but not actually cook anything. Oh, okay. So if I wanted to make like a beef stew, I'll put those things like the onions, the carrots, the celery, yeah. and maybe some stewing steak in the bag ready to go. And then all I have to do is just bung that all in the slow cooker oh, okay. and if you know if you have the um the sort of sear function i just give everything a fry with a bit of oil and then pour in, in yeah ale or stock or something mm. and so it's almost like you've got no chopping or prep when you when you when you you sort of short on that initial that, start time mm. and washing up of course so, so all you need to do is just throw everything in and it's a re it's really handy if you've got those extra bits of veg or like you know the, the little if you got uh, a big bag of mints and you just want to use half of it or something yeah exactly yeah um because then you can divvy it up because like you said if there's just two of you then either the mince gets used in one big batch of something so you've got 10 batches of bolognese which i did yesterday <laughs> or or you can divvy it up into different bags and use them for different yeah occasions. And, and add different spices and different herbs and things to different ones so you've got lots of different options yeah i, lo I love i love the idea of that um also, just to say that um, the freezer is actually at its most efficient when it's full for people worrying about having too much in their freezer. Um, and the reason that is, is because when you open the freezer door, all the energy the freezer starts using is to keep the air inside at that frozen temperature. So the more stuff you've got in there, the cooler it stays and the less energy the freezer has to use. So so by stocking our freezers up efficiently and carefully, we are saving energy as well. <laughs> Let's talk about um, preserving, because I know that you've done a lot of um, preserving and pickling recipes. 
And we've done a whole episode on this recently with um, Kylie Newton, who's like an expert preserver. Um, and she talks about capturing and keep, keeping the freshness of the veg in a pickle. It's something I found really interesting because she says it's like a little time capsule. So, so basically stuff that you want to pickle needs to be like the freshest, crispest version of, of the veg. But now we're coming into winter. Things like chutneys are great, aren't they? Because yeah. that's, the, that's the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, I love that idea of a time capsule in yeah. a jar. And I totally agree with sort of like uh, pickle pickles. Um, you almost want to keep that crunch and you want that freshness. But you know, I just love making piccalilli with a mix of different things. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like simmered slightly. So it does... You, and you, and um, We've actually, we just featured a really great recipe in the, um, in the Christmas issue and it'll be online. Um, it's for just a winter veg piccalilli, oh, nice. which is basically anything that you, that you have in your fridge. Yeah. So celeriac, kohlrabi, uh, like runner beans, whatever you, whatever you need to mm. use up. You just, it's a ground weight. You salt it. So it draws out the water. You get that really lovely crunch. Crisp, yeah. But I love just doing a just a, a, a mix of whatever yeah. I need and I'm obsessed with piccalilli so it's a great one I love piccalilli yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's great I just and, and it's very old school but I, I absolutely love the love the flavor and I do like the mix of textures as well from mm. different different veg so it's a great one if you've not you know if you've just got bits and bobs of everything yeah. um and you don't have to use the best you don't have to use it at its freshest okay well. because it's going to be slightly so the pickle is kind of like i guess it's halfway in between a pickle and a chutney yeah. really isn't it because you do like you said you do simmer it in that lovely mustardy sort of um saucy stock yeah. thing and then bottle it so it's got you've got a little bit of crunch there yeah. but then it on the flip side of that chutneys where you know you might have a couple of pears that are a little bit you know bruised or whatever you might have because chutneys often get simmered with a lot of sugar and vinegar for a long time until they really break down they're fantastic for using up that on the turn veg absolutely definitely um particularly for for jams and things like that yeah. it's definitely you know you you don't use the best produce you use sort of the things that are a bit soft and a bit mushy yeah <laughs> so definitely jams and chutneys um but also with those pears and with uh things that are a bit bashed i make vinegar shrubs for cocktails Ooh, what's that? so it's like um it's a flavored vinegar um that you add to i use i add a dash to sparkling water as okay. like a non-alcoholic mix you know like mm -hmm. a, an aperitif um but it's really it's got a nice sharpness to it obviously because oh. it's so it's sort of sugar the whatever fruit you have yeah. i use pears grape um grapefruit and gooseberries and things like that nice. so and then just simmered for for a few for a few minutes with uh, cider vinegar okay. and then strained and I keep it in the fr fridge and uh, it's just great in cocktails. So it's like kind of cordial strength and exactly. you just dilute it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's cordial strength, but it's not sweet. So you've got a really nice like adult drink. It doesn't mm. taste like you're drinking a sugary sweet uh, non-alcoholic drink. It's got a bit of bite to it, which I really like. Yeah, let's talk about. Um, planning for the week again because I know a lot of this is um is getting ahead and, and and you've said in the past that planning is really really important it is what, what about things I I it's, this isn't something that I do but I suspect that you might do it which is um proper meal prep yeah yeah <laughs> this is something 
that I absolutely love doing it at the weekend for the for the week ahead. I just like to know that, especially if maybe you're going to the office a bit more or you've got a really, really busy week and you don't really have the, 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 the headspace to think about it mm. during the week. I love knowing that I've sort of looked after the future self <laughs> and I actually make meals sort of and put them in the fridge. So if, you know, maybe I'm not looking, I'm not looking in my freezer and oh, I don't have right. time to thaw something mm. at the weekend um I will make little sort of meal meal kits up basically yeah. for lunches uh or for dinners if I'm sort of you know uh late home and so they can be things like grain bowls and I love doing different uh different toppings on grain bowls oh, so okay. I cook a big batch of like buckwheat or like quinoa or something and then add maybe some salmon on top love like smoked salmon is mm. absolutely brilliant with like a bit of a soy dressing um and so they're great to eat for um lunch so you can take them for lunch mm. or you know that you've got something that's fully prepared in the in the fridge and it's it's a good way of sort of divvying out exactly what you're going to eat yeah. and if you especially if you make if you do one big shop at, during the week it's a good way of knowing exactly where everything is going yeah those those grain bowls are so trendy at the minute i was in um, buying a sandwich the other day and I saw one and it was like six quid and I was and I was breaking it down in my head and thinking you've literally got like two tablespoons of grains like ho probably half a chicken breast there and a bit of green and it was so expensive but actually like you said if you make that big batch of grains and then you can top some with salmon yeah. some with you know it could be like feta or something some with chicken if you if you eat meat and and it's so versatile. Then you can have a different dressing on top, and then yeah. just make so so one one sort of little cook up can become like several different meals. It's not like you're eating the same thing day after day. I think that's when it becomes a bit um, it becomes a bit repetitive, and you know you don't really you're not really inspired about what you're having for mm. lunch. But doing that sort of the, the grain the grains on the bottom and changing the flavor profile of it it means that it's also really interesting and, and not as much effort as doing really different things every yeah. day so I think the dressing like you say is really important because it's all store cupboard stuff as well so yeah. you just add like a tablespoon of this that and the other like you could do different like a Dijon vinaigrette on mm. on a salmon one or even like horseradish you could make like a little creme fraiche horseradish um, there's loads of different ways you can you can change the flavour yeah. of the of the of the bowl, and it actually becomes quite exciting to think. Oh, what am I going to have tomorrow? I've got a choice of three different yeah, things I can like take with me. Looking at the menu yeah. in the fridge, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, thank you so much for that. Like so many brilliant ideas there, and you can get loads of recipes and inspiration for things like grain bowls and meal prep and batch cooking online at olivemagazine.com. But thanks for coming to chat to us today, Anna. Thank you. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things in this episode or to listen to our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.